Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? This last week was Chocolate Knox's birthday. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday to Knox. Happy yes. birthday to Knox. Are we going to start Happy the show? Happy birthday. Um, so this is raspberry flavored vodka. I thought would be your favorite. Um, and then I got you some Talisker for your cigars, man. So, well, thank you. Th- th- there you go. Um, we can't show this part on NRB TV, so we'll have to do a introduction, <laughs> a re-intro. Uh, but I'll hey, man, ha- happy birthday, my brother. Thank you. Thank yep. you very much. There you go. That's very kind. There you go. I'm looking forward to tasting this. I ain't going to lie. Okay, hey, a lot of you guys have actually reached out. Oh, oh real, real quick, thank, welcome to Cross Politics, Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on the Lord. It's his birthday, and, and it's his birthday. We're really just okay. jumping in like that. And, huh? That was the show. Oh, and, okay, yep, yep. Right. And since we aren't on um, YouTube right now, we're suspended through November. Yes. Uh, make sure you download our app. That's going to be the best place can consume us live. And of course, you can go subscribe to us at Rumble and catch all that. It looks like uh, we're having everything. fun on that. Picture. We're having a blast. Uh, lastly, Ooh, Doug's lot, here. Yeah, uh, people. People have already been reaching out. What do you think about the Josh McDowell debacle? If you kind of followed that, what? Um, Josh McDowell. What did he say? He uh, hate black people or something? Eh, no, he didn't. But oh. you know, that's what. Uh, check out the comedian next door, John Brandon, and him. They hit that. So go to comedian oh, next door. Oh, do they hit that? Because okay. we aren't going to hit Josh McDowell right now. It's just, it's not worth my oxygen. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a church. I like this game. There's today. oxygen is worth a lot. <laughs> there's a new church happening in Centralia, Washington. I love this. Mm. When Governor Inslee's shutting down, he's going crazy. You know what the church is doing? Yeah, they're like, it's let's growing. Take, let's take this. It's growing. Let's take this joint. Christ <laughs> Covenant Church in Centralia, Washington. They're on a. They are a mission church of Trinity Church. That's our boys, Dave Hatcher and yeah, Tyler Hatcher, and yeah. that church out there. Up in they began meeting formally in May earlier this year, and they meet at Ford's Prairie Grange in Centralia at nine thirty a.m. service. You can go to www.lewiscounty.church. That's Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. Oh, they got a, they got a dot dot church I love that. Like dot work? Yeah. So dot church. lewiscounty.church. Check them out if you're in the area. We love those guys. Y'all know that more than 70 pi. 70 pi. I can't even talk. 70 pi. <laughs> 70, 75%. 75% of those raised in evangelical Presbyterian and Reformed churches don't pursue any kind of Christian higher education. Yeah. Surprising. Cornerstone... Whoa. That was just a message. It's like, that's a surprise. Why? Did you know that? Cornerstone Work and Worldview Institute is seeking to provide a new, exciting, and affordable option for Christians. Our mission is to build kingdom culture in the workplace by equipping students in a Trinitarian worldview and, get this, guys, 
vocational competencies. I like that. Mm, I like that's, 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 that's some in, incarnational stuff going that's on awesome. out there. Low, co- low cost, full time program offers integrative course modules, internships, mentoring so students can finish debt free and with vocational preparation, a robust faith, and financial potential to build strong, godly families, homes rooted in their communities and churches long term. They have a face to face program in beautiful southern Illinois or remotely anywhere you are. Visit the website cornerstonework.org. Org. Mm. Big government guys wants blah blah SC blah 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 blah. Bills. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. This is that's exactly do that again. Yeah. This is what blah, big government blah, wants. Blah blah blah. That's how I feel. Did you guys hear my daily news brief this week? No. Oh man. So that's Greta Thunberg and that's, blah, blah, that's her blah. speech. Yeah. That's her climate change speech. Practically. You got the one yet with the guy saying, "This is America." No. I In America, that we get to eat. People get to eat. That's the yeah. one I want. Okay. So this is really important. I know this is probably like boring news to you a little bit, but the infrastructure. There's a couple things going on right now financially. It better not be boring. It news. better not be. I'm gonna tell you why it better not be boring news because right. we are watching the change. Of America happen right in our, yeah. our very that's right right in this that's very right. moment in front of our very eyes with these they want to bills. governmentize the economy uh, well okay so this past one, week two, they already I did well I mean more <laughs> governmentize the <laughs> governmentize okay. that's my new word uh, in this past week the uh, the spending bill not the spending bill the um, uh, <laughs> resolution continuing resolution bill is extended through December 3rd basically to avoid a government shutdown right, okay right, right. and and so we brought our boy Zach Lottenschlager in to kind of Lottenschlager in to talk about this and this is basically him kind of bringing us up to date on why the uh, continuous resolution was through December 3rd right so it's called a continuing resolution process and it's it is not necessary it's government by emergency and it, it allows leadership it creates a false pressure so the leadership can slide all kinds of things like funding for covid vaccination enforcement um into the bill and it it leaves especially senators very little time to actually fight back mm. it's uh it's the way the senate has really i think it's the way the senate has has uh developed to control the floor like the house can house rules give the, the speaker a lot of power um senators individual senators have a lot of ability to stop bills to change them um and so a cr like this a continuing resolution it's there's an emergency there's a shutdown at midnight you don't want to be the senator that's that's responsible for that even good guys like Rand have stood up at times and tried to hold up um funding bills like that and it's a it's a political nightmare for them so that's why they do it that's why that, that, that's why you have 15 Republicans that join the Democrats to keep the government open. And that, that's ridiculous. How many? 15. I got a names uh, here. Blunt, yeah. Burr, yeah. Cassidy, Collins, Graham, Kennedy. Lindsey Graham's on that list. Yeah, yeah. Graham, Lee Graham Kennedy. Right yeah, yeah. Romney, Rounds, Shelby, right, so, Young. So, so what's in the infrastructure bill? And is, is that going to – Well, I think actually um, the reason why they had to pr- – uh, passed the CR bill okay. to December 3rd is because the the actual spending bill, the $3.5 trillion spending bill, right. you can pass a specific bill like an infrastructure bill without needing to worry about the spending bill. The spending bill is what keeps the government functioning. Okay. So the $3.5 trillion spending bill, we'll get into that in a minute, uh, that's what no one agree on. So that's why they had to pass a December 3rd kind of continuous yes. resolution. Thank you, Bernie, right. who's giving the, like, the plays to the left. <laughs> like, hey, guys, you know what you do. Yep. You hold this one hostage until they give yep. you that one. Right. Bernie's leading and, the charge. And I think it's politically important to note that the reason why they passed this kind of just, you know, what, two-month spending bill is because November elections are coming up. Oh, and, right. and no one wants to be in a fight right. up to leading up to the November elections. They want a clean, clear 
you know, election cycle for them to get a, a clear chance at winning their, or, so, their re election. And the reason that's important because if certain people don't get Social Security payments, other things in the government start falling through, uh, then all of a sudden they might saying, get voted out of office. Whose fault is yeah. this? Well, it's this guy didn't fault, want to pass right? the bill. That's right. Yeah. So then I asked Zach earlier today about what is in the infrastructure bill and what is and what kind of what's the political things going on behind the infrastructure bill. So the infrastructure bill, as I understand it, the problem is this stuff changes. It's a moving target, and that's somewhat intentional so that yeah. when politicians get pressure, they can say, oh, I didn't vote for that. I voted for this other thing because we changed the name last night. Um, so, But right now, from what I can tell, the infrastructure bill is dams, roads, bridges, power grid, internet, ports, um, and is part of Biden's campaign promise to, to you know get things done on, on infrastructure. Um, the left-leaning Democrats like AOC uh, appear to be holding that hostage until they get their vote on the $3.5 trillion spending bill, uh, which I know we'll talk about in a minute. But I, I think that's what's going on with this. Um, and, you know, you can we debate whether or not the federal government should be spending our money on that. But Republicans have agreed to the, to the infrastructure bill, apparently, as of last night. Okay, so all the Republicans have agreed to the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Yeah, I don't think it's $1.2 anymore, is it? It's, I think it's I down to one. one down to one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, they're saving a little money? Really? And I shouldn't speak yeah. so soon because... If so fiscally responsible. Listening to Zach, if what they want to do is actually put a little more pork in this bill, they actually have the time to do it. So it might be yeah. 1.5. <laughs> so, but the real play here yeah. is the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill. Listen to Zach on that. Because the $3.5 trillion one is full of all kinds of things from, you're talking $3 million for tree equity. $3 billion. Um, oh, millions of dollars later. for bias spending, which tree is more equity? sensitivity training. Um, so it looks like there's 79, I think I saw 79 million. Let me check here. No, I'm sorry, not $3 million, $3 billion for tree equity. I left off a couple zeros. My bad. Um, there's an insane amount of money for uh, yeah, seventy nine billion dollars for the IRS to to more aggressively uh, apply and, and pursue the tax laws. Um, there's eight billion for a New Deal style civilian climate corps, um, Park Service, BLM, Bureau of Land Management. Um, so vague conservation projects on public land which could involve studies on hugging trees you know that's that's the kind of thing that it goes for um so it's it's nasty all of it is gross government overreach mm -hmm. um, but that's why aoc is holding and her pals are holding the uh, infrastructure bill hostage for the ccc you know the all the the crazy level spending that they want that's where that's where the real plays at. Now, the two things that struck out to me that's really kind of stuck out to me. There's a lot more in that bill, obviously, than than what um, it's three point five trillion. You know, come on, uh, seventy nine billion for the IRS. Oh, seventy nine billion. What does that mean? And and, and that means one of the things that's been um, that Biden's pushing for is he wants to monitor and get access to all the transactions and data in your bank account that are six hundred dollars or more. When's the last time you read a book? You read a book recently? Yeah. So how you many, how need $79 million, <laughs> billion dollars to monitor all this. Yeah. You need a bunch of little bureaucratic you know, ants walking yeah. around and trying to find all well, this. You, you know, I, this reminds me. I'm sorry. I'm interrupted you. Yeah, well, I want to know how many pages was the last book you read. 
Oh, it was like, I don't know, a couple hundred? A couple hundred. Like, but what's the biggest book you read? A thousand page book, something like that? Sure. Give it to it? Okay. Yeah. This bill is 2,425 pages. Oh, that's longer than the City of God. <laughs> that's, longer, that's longer than uh, Calvin's Institute. Tuck, I was going to say, yeah. I was gonna say Turretin. <laughs> you know? Something else is tucked into this that nobody's talking about is that the government is potentially going to give newspaper organizations in local news areas somewhere between like $37 million or more a year for employees doing journalism for 10 hours a week or more. They want to governmentize the economy. That's not a verb, but I like it. Yes. <laughs> um, that, no, that, but that's, no, that's, that's the same thing as uh, communist China. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, right. They, run, right. they run the media. Right. I mean, right. I mean, and a local, notice where they're going in this. Right. This is local media agents that have somewhere underneath right. 107, yep. 750 employees. I mean, we've been talking oh. about this with government schools well. forever, but what, you know, the, you, yep. you, uh, you take the king's coin, you, you become be- the king's man. That's, That's right. right. Um, those, these are always hooks because then what happens is you get dependent on the money. And then they're like, hey, I'm going to need you to do this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. and I'm, you're going to give it to them. I'm going to need you to not do that. Well, And if well, you built your world around what they've given you, then right. not to obey means that that world crumbles and you want right. that world. You know, you know, when we were talking to Josh McPherson, you know, the pre- the, the pastor um, Wenatchee. from Wenatchee. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. That, that lawsuit. If you missed that show, you gotta get that go, in rubble. go, go grab it. There. Um, but one of the things yeah. he mentions in the story, in the booklet, I don't know if he mentioned it in the interview or not, but maybe we did talk about it. But in the in the time in which Washington State shut down, we're instantly shut all these things down um, and said this is non-essential. In that time, I believe he said the, the, um, the state employment grew by like 30%. That's right. Or something like that. During wow. the shutdown. During the shutdown, while you are not essential, while you can't go to church, while you can't go to work, while you can't yeah. open your business, support your family. Why did the state grow 30%? Because you need all these government officials and bureaucracy shut to you make down. sure you're not working. That's well, right. And to take care of more people. They had to take care of their, their house grew. Right. And, and again, the, the thing about this is back of all this is a vision of government. As, as we were listening to this yeah. description of the spending bill, the infrastructure bill, all this stuff, I'm just like, I'm, I mean, I'm just like a good Christian went back to Romans 13. Oh. oh. I, I was like, so I was trying to find infrastructure. Are we putting pinwheels in our head? I was trying to find infrastructure okay. bills in there, and it wasn't in there. Okay, pinwheels, <laughs> not in there. I, I would check the, the, the infrastructure's not in there the either. Community I, college, free community no, college no, wasn't in there? It says, um, he, he is a minister of God for your good. And if you do evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. It is a minister of God for an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. But free community college is good. It's you know, for you know, your good. You, you, you There's know, no free community college you, anywhere in here. Child tax credits hey, you know, is for no, your no, good. No, 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 no. You haven't done the message version. And the message version, good is defined as well, how we see fit. Free ice cream? How well, we see fit. Yeah, how we see fit. Whatever but, we Because like. that, that's where the argument is. What is good? Right. What is That's good right. and who's That's defining right. good? Well, in Romans 13, actually, Paul goes on to quote most of the Ten Commandments. Oh, do they know that? I don't think they read verse. Like, Paul was it the anonymous? Like, after verse 7, they're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Where is it? Blah, blah, blah. Where is it? Blah, blah, blah. That's good. Blah, blah. <laughs> there we go. And, and so note the other thing that Zach said that you kind of just slipped under um, is that they want to create a climate core of engineers right. basically yeah, they want to militarize money. climate change okay right. is what they want to do there I, right. I just wanted to point that okay, out. okay so here, here's me and pastor we were talking about this earlier here's something i've been really trying to get my head around metaphysics and when you start understanding that you start asking a simple question what is it and what is it for right and if we haven't defined what it is and what it's for then we are going to yeah. use it wrong. Right. And we haven't defined what it is and what no. it's for. So how we're right. using it is like it's a mom or a dad. And, and yeah, finish. And, and, and so when you start asking the question like, well, the, the world is broken. What should the government do? And it's like, well, what is the government? The yeah. government is to 
Romans 13, punish wickedness, reward good, right? Yeah. And then that's where it stops at. For what? Right. For who? Right. For this group of people, right? And, so then, and, and all of it is defined by the word of God, by the Ten Commandments. Yeah, and exactly. Amen. I was thinking, Arnie, are you on a Presley? No. And so, but the, the, so the then. Squad, when, the squad. When you start, when you ask what the government is and what it's for, then you know the government isn't responsible for education. Right. That's not but, what. But, it, but here's the problem, Knox, is that the squad is just being more consistent, but basically learned the lesson from Christians. Uh, why are you saying that? Because <laughs> it's substance this. and impact, climate resiliency, child care, paid leave, housing. You know, see, these things are not child care isn't a nice to have. Uh, making investments in uh, housing and infrastructure that is falling down uh, around people, uh, making in bold investments in climate resiliency, which is not only a threat to the livability of this planet, but threatening people's public health, their lives and their livability every single day. Um, paid leave, investments in home and community-based services for the disabled and the elderly. These are not nice-to-haves. These are must-haves. You know blah, what blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know what else? Hair is not just a nice to have. Go in there. Mm, it is a must it. have. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just, that's in the Bible. Yeah. The glory of a woman is her. Yeah. Is her hair. Hair. That's right. Right. Um, but, but notice that our standards are completely upside down and backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but if, if this is the job of government to provide all this quote unquote infrastructure, what, it, what you know, housing, all these things, child tax credits, then then the government can tell you to put a foreign substance in your body. That's Why right. not? That's right. right. If they are going to be your parents, that's right. If they're going to take care of where your living arrangements. If they're going to make sure all your bills are paid, then they're your mom and dad, and they can tell you where to stand, where to sit, what to eat, and what to put in your body. And but this is my, right before this. I said Christians taught them this. No, that's you're right. Christians taught them. First of all, Christians taught the world that they didn't have to obey the Bible. Christians taught the world they didn't have to believe That's the Bible. Right. Preach, that, preacher. That, that God did not create the world in six days. He used evolution. Mm. Um, just, just, you know, they taught us, that, actually, the message version of the Bible, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. um, is, is basically, this is kind of God's word. It has inspirational thoughts for you, but it's not authoritative. It is, it is not black and white. It is not clear. Um, and it does not speak to every area of life. Yeah. Christians taught the I world that. That's right. And then from that you get, well, then what is the government's job? What is the yeah. government for? Yeah. The government is, well, for whatever you want. Choose your That's own adventure. Right. Choose your own adventure. Who's to say? And, and it's completely unclear. And, and the, I mean, the reason why have, we have this mess in Congress right now is because we have, we have a mess in the church. Yeah. No, because, because Christians are not thinking clearly about and saying, this is what God says, and this is what we must do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way out of this is, we've been saying this, is repentance. And that's what I want to talk about when we get third segment. We'll have to do this interview. I want to yep. talk about third yep. segment. Yep. We have a huge mess in front of us. How in the world yep. do we fix it? Because we can't just shut it off. That's, that's insane. That's not, that's not how it works. How do we start peeling off this onion? And from what angle do we take to start doing it? More cross politics coming up Davis, next. Davis Guns. Yes. Davis Guns. We'll talk coming about Jag Lord. My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996, so I'm coming up on 24 years. When people ask me, does it really work? I say, oh, it works fantastic. I send my money to somebody every month. But we had a need with my wife. Uh, was it spent a little bit of time in the hospital about three months ago, and so I had... I had a checklist with about 39 
names on it, and 39 checks came in. Some of the cards, some of the things people had to say, it was amazing to watch. I'm ready for this interview. You ready? Yeah, I am. Welcome back to Cross Baltic on the one and only Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us once more. We are excited to have with us on the line right now. Zooming in, I believe. Davis Youngs served his country as an officer in the Air Force JAG Corps after the events of September 11th. Oh, yeah. After a decade of military service, he's now the uh, military uh, a military defense attorney providing strategic criminal defense services in military, federal, state courts. He's currently defending, representing Navy SEALs who are seeking relief for the current military vaccine mandate. Uh, mm. Davis, thanks for joining us on CrossPolitik. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you uh, being willing to get this message out. It's important. Yeah, Absolutely. It so start by just summarizing where we at with um, what, what happened. There's a there's a mandate. Um, there's uh, we you think, you know, we talked to uh, Pastor Jeff um, last week, Durbin last yeah. week um, about the right. situation. Um, what's going on? Where are we at? Yeah. So the big picture piece of this is to understand is the military has rolled out what my clients are calling arbitrary deadlines. Why do we say that? There's been discussion for months about the possibility of deadlines in the military for getting vaccinated. And my clients, like most of the military, have been asking month after month, tell us what the guidance is. Tell us what the guidelines are. Tell us how we submit medical exemptions, religious accommodations and everything else. And what happened is deadlines were rolled out. They're different for every branch of the service. They're different depending on whether you're a guard, reserve, active duty. And then individual commands that my clients fall under have given very, very tight deadlines to submit any sort of accommodation request or exemption. So that's kind of how this rolled out in sort of a very arbitrary, piecemeal, difficult way to deal with for my clients. And the real challenge for Navy SEALs, fighter pilots, special operators that I represent, not just in the Navy, but in the other branches as well, their commands have said, if you apply for a religious exemption or religious accommodation, you will not be deployable. You will not be able to do your job. Just flat out. That's wow. what the orders say. So that's part of why I got so fired up about this and got involved in this. So if uh, I believe you listened to our show last week with Jeff and then we had Nate Wilson on the show with us, um, he kind of Nate followed up. Jeff Jeff got off the line, and then Nate kind of followed up and kind of talked about kind of a strategic suggestion and um, how to maybe argue this case in in the military courts, talking kind of about risk versus in insane leadership. You know, the Navy SEALs take risk all the time. You might not want to lead with that argument. You might want to think maybe how you can uh, tie this into uh, insane. You know, leadership going insane like in a kamikaze you know, fight. Right, right. So, you know, I thought that that discussion was a lot of fun. And I think it was great because, you know, it would be, I think it would be a huge mistake to start and lead this, this discussion with the idea that somehow my clients are afraid to take a vaccine or think this particular vaccine is risky. That's not the primary point at all okay. for my clients. That's not the primary issue. There's a lot of questions that come up before you, before you even get there. Um, and we can talk about those. And it, it, one of the first questions my clients are asking is just whether or not this is a lawful order. And there's some specific reasons we can talk about to go into that. But the other the other question is, why is this vaccine being treated so differently than every other vaccine my clients have been required to take 
where I've been retired required to take in my military career. Can and there are go, some really yeah, significant differences. So go into those di- differences. I, yeah, I, 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 would, like, I would like the know, lawful, the I'd lawful like order. I'd like to know both <laughs> yeah. of those. Yeah. So what, why the questions about lawful order, and yeah. can you outline some of the differences between this particular vaccine mandate and um, previous one. and previous ones? Right. So I think the first question that that has not been answered yet, to my client's satisfaction or my satisfaction, is. Is the actual FDA approved vaccine available for military members? Now, that may sound, you know, there's there's a lot of talk. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory or, or something else. But the reality is there's official government filings filed by the pharmaceutical companies where they say the Cominardi vaccine, that product is legally distinct and different from the Pfizer product that has emergency use approval. So as it stands right now, unless there's a change in the law, it's illegal to order a military member. It's illegal to order my clients to take something that does not have FDA approval. What we've been asking for is informed consent. My clients would love to get informed consent to know exactly what they're taking. And so far, the answer is that commonality vials with that label on it, vials with that legally distinct substance in it are not available to military members. That is what my clients are being told. Interesting. So, Interesting. so, so if they, if, if it does get FDA approval, uh, will that change everything? It doesn't change everything, but it certainly changes where we're at right now, right? And and the problem is when you have a situation like my clients are facing where this deadline is coming out arbitrarily, and all of a sudden there's drop-dead dates that are different for everybody, but there's drop-dead dates to get this, that's part of it. Why are we why are we treating this vaccine differently? What What is the rush um, here with this situation under these circumstances that's different than other vaccines. Davis, can you explain why you've used the word arbitrary several times, and I think you've, you've sort of summarized it, but what is specifically considered arbitrary about the process that's being used here? Right. So there was discussion for a few months about whether or not the military would mandate the vaccines and this vaccine in particular, and when that would happen, right? And the discussion was really then centered around FDA approval. But then what happened is the order came out and then each branch of the service was expected to set up deadlines and set up a detailed, thorough process to walk through this and make sure the right vaccines are available and everything else. And then what happened is each of the services kind of went out on their own, set up deadlines, and they basically told from the highest levels, they basically told my client's commanders, get this done by this date, leaving it to individual commanders to figure out when they would have to give these orders to do it. So it's come across piecemeal. And because all the deadlines are different all across the force, my clients definitely feel this is arbitrary. What's what's the justification yeah. for their individual deadline? Got it. Got it. So it comes out um, and you've got all these different deadlines. And if it's really an emergency, why are they not all, why, why is it not clear by what standard we're deciding um, when we need to have this by? Right. I think that's part of it. And then I can, brothers, I can tell you the differences between this vaccine and the way this is being rolled out and others. And yes. there are several. So let's, let's jump into yeah, that. Please. Yes. Yeah. First huge concern my clients have is the issue with natural immunity. Why is, why is natural immunity specifically being ignored in the orders that are coming down for this vaccine mm-hmm. when that is not what the DOD instructions and the service regulations say for other vaccines? Okay. So it's long been recognized that a military medical provider could say, okay, this this Navy SEAL, this fighter pilot, this airman has natural immunity to this disease that we're vaccinating for. We can we can sign off an exemption. They're good to go. It's, it's part of military doctrine. Not in this case. Specifically, the orders that come down have said 
there from the highest levels, there is no recognition of natural immunity for this vaccine. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's wow. one. Yeah. That's that's troubling to a lot of my clients. And I think just logically, if if even the CDC and NIH are saying that natural immunity appears to be effective long term, I think that's a that's a huge question. Um, another significant question that I have about the way this is being rolled out and what's different about this is the, even the way that medical exemptions are being treated. Okay. And again, my clients are really doing this based on religious faith, which we'll get to, but I want to kind of outline a couple of these other things. So yes. I am hearing from potential witnesses that I'm, you know, interviewing as we're preparing for litigation, I'm interviewing military doctors. I've been told by more than one military doctor that their medical licenses are being threatened if they approve exemptions for anything other, any medical exemptions for anything other than an adverse reaction to an mRNA vaccine. Now that's significant. In other words, they're being told, these military medical providers, these doctors are being told, if someone comes in with mild myocarditis, they have a documented history of that. That's not a reason to grant an exemption. If they've had anaphylactic reaction to a previous vaccine, that's not a reason for a medical exemption. The only thing we're recognizing in this command is if they get the first shot and they have a reaction, they may get a medical exemption from follow-ons or boosters. I I have witnesses that will be potential witnesses in litigation that have told me that. Um, And that, that is different, right? That we haven't seen that before. Very concerning, very, very concerning to me. When we start to talk you, about that, you know, you know, Davis, it seems like uh, really the problem here is like some sort of wire is tripped, like like the military brain is just not functioning rightly, and it might just be because Joe Biden's not present. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it seems like there's something broken for this to be going down this way. Well, what I hear, right, and so we have to think in terms of, of military bureaucracy. Somewhat, right? So my clients, you know, frontline operators, very good at what they do, highly educated. I mean, these Navy SEALs, even the enlisted guys, some of them have master's degrees, right? Like smart, capable, the best of the best when we start talking about this. And they're asking really good questions of their leadership. My clients are asking really good questions. And no matter where they go in the leadership chain and their supervision, they keep getting told by commanders, oh, we understand where you're coming from. We understand what you're saying. I think that's a great question. But I don't have a choice here. This is coming down from the top. Wow. So that that's what my clients are consistently hearing. And, you know, I, I don't want to paint an unfair picture of this. I do think there are commanders in the military. I think there are doctors in the military, chaplains in the military that are, are trying to follow the law, that are trying to understand this, that are trying to do it well. But my clients are consistently being confronted by just sort of the faceless bureaucracy of, well, this is what the people over me you know, appointed me to do. So I'm going to do that. Right. It reminds me of the verse from Ecclesiastes, you know, don't be surprised by corruption in one province because every official has a higher official over them yep. and someone higher over them. Right. That's what it feels like to my clients in this case. Wow. Is there a connection between what just happened in Afghanistan and no, no one in the chain of leadership wanting to take responsibility. And it seems like the same thing's happening here. There's this faceless bureaucracy telling everybody what to do, and no one in the chain of command wants to take responsibility for the actual decisions. So I I have heard my clients having that exact discussion, right? Mm. My clients in their minds do draw a parallel to arbitrary deadlines 
um, and we can think about what those arbitrary deadlines might mean, right? But right. when we're talking about my clients, they are drawing that in their minds. They're trying to be respectful. They're trying to follow the chain of command. They're trying to do all the right things, but they're absolutely, they see a parallel. So Davis, help That's me tyranny. I'm I'm still, uh, you know, when you were talking about the doctors, I kind of shut off right there because if we can't trust our medical physicians to make the decisions they need to make based on each individual situation and are getting told that they'll lose their medical licenses, they actually act like a doctor supposed to act. There should be a lot more people outside of Navy SEALs having lawyers like you say things that you're saying. And the fact that we have you in just one chain (laughs) scares me to death. Right. You scare us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping to be an encouragement too, because here's what I, Here's what I can say is encouraging to me. Um, there, there is a there is a big picture strategy, and obviously I can't go into the details. But there are several different, very very influential, very well led, very smart organizations that are looking at all of the angles to attack this, and we're in communication with all of them. They're in communication Good. Good. with each other, and and so what I mean by that is there's you know there's public record litigation in Colorado that's been well-funded and they're, they're, they're going after the issue of natural immunity, right? My understanding of the Colorado case is they're saying, why aren't we recognizing natural immunity here? And they're trying to say, we need to, we need to put a stop to that. Because of the science. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, right. I, again, I'm no doctor, but I, I can just, I can read, right? right. That's a skill set we, we have to have in law school, at least most of us. Right. So, so, so we can get there. I, I, one of the things too that I think isn't clear, we've been I've been watching a lot of news, and I, don't curse me out for saying that, but I was watching something on MSNBC, and there was a soldier that was there who was saying that you know what soldiers, um, anybody who doesn't take the vaccine should be kicked out of the military. We've we've taken everything they've told us to. We've given our lives. We signed up for this, and he basically made the statement that the the military and the government kind of owns that person. What is the jurisdiction between the military and and the soldier when he signs up? And do they have a certain type of ownership over him? And where is that end at? Is there any autonomy there? Right. So critical, critical point that a lot of people miss when they discuss this is simply because you raise a hand and swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution doesn't mean you give up your constitutional rights. Mm. So military members still have constitutional rights. Right. So, you know, my. My grandfather was a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps, and he used to make that joke, right? You sign up and you're the property of Uncle Sam. That's true, but our nation is not, we're not a tyrannical nation. We're not a communist nation that doesn't recognize the value of each individual life and liberty. Those are principles, biblical principles baked into our constitution, our system. So to say that a military member has no, has no individual rights is not only a broad overstatement, it's, it's simply not true. Constitutional freedoms apply to military members within the military. Now, there are restrictions. The best example is like is free speech, right? So I'm on here. I'm talking to you. I'm representing and I'm advocating on behalf of my clients. That's appropriate for me to do, even as a member of the reserves, because I make my living as an attorney. I make my living going all across the world to defend military members in court martial and other things. I can do that. But there are limits on what I should say personally and expressing my personal opinion on some of these issues um, and trying to hang that as an official statement from the Air Force. That would be wrong. I'm not representing the Air Force in this capacity. So yeah. that's where free speech can come in and be restricted. But 
the Religious Freedom Restoration Act still applies to military members. And that's where um, that's a lot where my clients fall is we're looking at this and saying we still have religious freedom. We're still able to exercise our religion in the military and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act still applies. So in, in this particular case, you said that the soldiers that you're representing are uh, wanting to claim particularly religious exemption from this. You just noted that. And then, and so what is the case there and why, why should they have the freedom to get religious exemption from this vaccine mandate? And why should it also not affect their um, deployable uh, status? Yeah. So, so one of the things that's often misunderstood is under the case law. And as you actually read military regulations, if someone has a, a request for a religious accommodation in the military, the default answer is yes. That's the default answer. Right. So, and it can be absurd. And this is an example I've used, but like someone could believe that the moon is made out of cheese and that they should worship the the moon cheese God and therefore not ever consume any dairy. So if the military said, Hey, you need to take a vaccine that that's derived from dairy products, that person could say, I haven't consumed dairy products for the last six months. I I go to church at the moon (laughs) cheese God church every Sunday. And, and so this is a sincerely held religious belief. Therefore, can you please accommodate? Can you provide me with a vaccine that has uh, that doesn't have that? Is there an alternative um, or is it safe for me to continue to do my mission, do my job and deploy if I don't have this particular vaccine? So the default position is yes to religious accommodation. Now, what we're hearing, what my clients are hearing is if you submit this accommodation, not only will there be blanket denials, which we'll see. We're really early on in this process. Those will be coming soon. But okay. not only are they afraid of blanket denials in violation of the law, they're also concerned the impact this has on deployability. So the issue to, to discuss it real briefly is a religious accommodation. The answer is yes. And the military is supposed to say, OK, will this affect the morale, unit cohesion, good order and discipline or health and safety of the military? And there are a couple of different ways to look at that. But if someone has natural immunity already, or someone has been repeatedly exposed to the virus over the last 18 months, deploying all over the world, doing their job, being present in confined spaces, airplanes, other things with people that have had it. They haven't gotten sick or they've survived um, COVID-19 and they have natural immunity. I don't see where there's a scientific or medical basis to deny my clients religious accommodation. But even further, I don't understand where the health and safety risk is for my clients, for themselves or anybody else, if they have demonstrated natural immunity. All I heard was when you started talking about moon, uh, if the moon was cheese. <laughs> cheese was, God. You wanted crackers. Will, Will Ferrell, uh, he was imitating Harry Carey, and, and he said, if, if the moon were a rack of ribs, <laughs> would you eat it? <laughs> I would. And I would wash it down with a nice cool bud. That's, that's all. That's all I can. Well, I'm glad that you're not their lawyer, so, Davis. So let me let me finish with this question, um, Davis. Uh, uh, are you familiar with like the Stuart uh, Scheller situation? Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I am. I am familiar with it. I think that you know the challenge there is just what I talked about with yep. free speech. So yep. military members, we we do have an obligation to be to be very very careful. So the counter example I would give is. You know, there's a there's a lieutenant colonel in the army side out of North Carolina that that resigned first, signed the resignation, had it approved, and then blasted the chain of command, if you will. Okay. Right. So he put that in an order that's that's legally acceptable. Now I don't agree 
not my client, but I don't agree that there's any, it doesn't appear to me there's any legal basis to have Lieutenant Colonel Shelton locked in the brig awaiting pretrial. There are very specific rules for pretrial confinement, including whether or not someone is dangerous, that they're a threat, that they're a danger to to repeat crime, or that there's some kind of a flight risk. So there's very particular rules. So if I was representing him, I would be I would absolutely be challenging the legality and really the constitutionality of pretrial confinement in his case. Davis, we got a we have a lot of service members um, that watch and listen to our show. Um, if they're out there, I mean, I'm, I'm as a pastor, I'm also getting a lot of emails from service uh, members yeah. um, that I don't even know, but they they're hearing us, they're talking to us, and they're and they're reaching out saying, "What do I do?" Um, what what's your word? What's your encouragement to them? They've got this vaccine mandate. Um, what do you encourage them to do? First thing I would encourage them to do is know that they are not alone. There are thousands and thousands and thousands like you. Last week, the official DOD number was 600,000 unvaccinated military members out of 1.9 million. Okay. I don't know what that number is at today. I, I do know it's it's shrinking to some extent, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if we extrapolate the numbers we're seeing and seeing somewhere between 20 and 25 percent of the force that's still not vaccinated. So you're not alone. That's one piece of this. The other piece of this is there are a lot of good organizations out there that are attacking this legally, both inside and outside the military. And what I mean by that is my focus is representing on individuals, making sure their individual case is well-prepared. They're taking all the right steps. They're setting this up well to demonstrate the illegality of what's happening at the end of all of this. There's others that are bringing the challenges in federal court, and we may be there. We may join with that litigation as time comes. But that that would be my biggest encouragement is if this is based on your faith, if this is based on your your Christian faith, especially, you know, I'm not telling anyone to disobey a lawful order, but I am telling you, get good guidance, consult with an attorney, find out what's going on, educate yourself on this, because I think so long as this is not rushed to the point where we don't have time to do the good legal work, um, there will be hope, you know, in the future, there will be help coming in the future. And one of one of the things I've done with with Pastor uh, Jeff Durbin, who had on the guys out at Apology of Church, they've started a nonprofit. It's called Stand With Warriors. It's standwithwarriors.org. Yeah. If nothing else, that's going to continue to be a clearinghouse for information, as well as as volunteers out there that are trying to connect people with other attorneys that are willing to take these cases. Now, sadly, there's not many with the right experience to do that. I've had friends, at least they used to be friends, that have said, I'm not really interested in doing this because it might be bad for business in the long run. Um, And I've, you know, I have I have an opinion about that. But, you know, obviously I can only take on so many clients. And my angle on this is really focused on each individual client, their individual case, setting them up well and trying to save their careers, trying to save their deployability, you know, one one seal at a time. The other people that we're partnering with, people like Jeff Durbin, are are helping with the the political pieces of this, and eventually we'll see a lot more litigation in federal court. I think. Mm. Wow, What's that website that. again? Standwithsoldiers.org. Stand with Warriors. Stand with Warriors. Hey, Davis, thank you so much for joining us, man. And, and would you just keep us up to date yeah. as best you can, what we can Absolutely. do, how we can help, and what's going on next? Anytime you want to reach out, brother, you have an open door over That's here. Right. Awesome, awesome. I think soon we will have a few clients that may want to come on and share their story when it's yeah. appropriate. Yeah, so let's, let's do it. We'd love let's to do, do that. that. Awesome. Absolutely. More cross politic coming up next. Wow. Be praying for our soldiers. Amen. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. 
Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. Man, I like Davis. I need to hire him as my lawyer. You know, <laughs> I think he had fun. Uh, I got some good lawyers, but I think he could bring something. <laughs> you know, that military boy. Hey, standwithwarriors.org. Yes. Standwithwarriors.org. Um, if you're in the service in particular, go there, connect, be encouraged. This segment is brought to you by Dime Payments. It's a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment processing system. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF and sign your business up. Working with them actually supports us. Yes. Uh, and get this, they won't cancel you like Stripe canceled President Trump. They won't cancel you like MailChimp canceled the Babylon Bee. Check them out. It's we, My we, PayPal canceled Uncle Gary. Okay, I just right. always throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, no, it's not even in the text, yeah. but we always I, say I, it. I say At least it. have a phone call and tell them that CrossPolitics sent yes. you. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF. You know, so they were at our conference uh, yeah. back in uh, September, and he just gave me a list of all these businesses that are wanting to sign up with them. Nice. Oh, praise God. It's nice. it really cool. It's like all yeah. these Christians want to do business with Christians, and Dime Payments love those guys. Yeah. So Check them out. Um, you know, th- some of the things that we were just talking about with um, with Davis, I, I can't help but think that every time we are seeing a problem that we're addressing right now with the military and what they're going through, right. I keep on thinking about the fact, where else did we drop the ball at? Like right. Somehow, that is not, we're dealing with the surface issue, but there's something right. underneath here that is leading to this that we haven't dealt with. Right. I am so happy, in a lot of ways, for a lot of my brothers that are Seeing the Romans thirteen in new light, new eyes. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm praising God for John MacArthur. We thank. Good work. Good work, bro. You see him at G three right now. And and, and I, I did not see him at G three yet, but I'm happy that he's there. And he's I'm, I'm grateful. Clips. I'm really grateful for. I mean, he's exegeting scripture really well, especially as like God is judging America. Right. That that's right. a that's absolutely right. Right. But we can't look at those judgments that are rightfully to America and not see that we're responsible for that at the same time. Because judgment begins with the household of God. Right. Judgment begins at the household of God. And and we've been, and we've, we're hearing a lot of talk from seculars and from the world talking about our complicity. Yeah. We're complicit. (laughs) Guys, that's our term. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't get to use that and they're misusing it obviously all around. And that's a, that's a covenantal idea. That's right. The the idea that you're united to other people and you're a complicit in their actions. They represent you. Yes. Um, that, that, that there are these personal, connections yeah. that you have at multiple levels in families and churches and communities and That's nations. Right. It's not fragmented as much as we think it is. It's right. fa- actually, God made the world a lot more unified and covenantal than we actually want to acknowledge. Yeah, and, so, and so our leaders represent us. Right. And in many respects, they represent us well. Yeah. They're, they're being the consistent ones with what we've been... I mean, it's been Republicans for many years who have been signing on to all kinds of spending bills and infrastructure bills and things for things that have the business, the government has no business being involved in. But, but here's the thing is all like all this really starts with how we view our kids. That's true. how we view our well, that's kids. That's the covenant relationship between the, yeah, yeah, hundred, hundred percent. That's the microcosm of all covenantal relations yes. where, 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 they, where they're practicing mm-hmm. what we want to happen everywhere. Yeah. And so here's a clip of a liberal talking about, how she views kids. Okay. And I, I, I'm just going to say it right now. This is how conservatives should view their kids. Because <laughs> we do not have a society. We do not have a country if we do not have public health. 
if we do not have public health safety protocols like yes masks. Children are not just suffering and dying at greater rates right now. They're spreading COVID throughout the population at higher numbers. Anti-masking doesn't just affect schools, but our society as a whole. It affects cancer patients and the immunocompromised and the elderly and just about everyone. People do not get to walk around shooting loaded firearms randomly into crowds. (laughs) And people are not entitled to turn themselves into deadly biological weapons by spraying disease-laden aerosols wherever they choose, randomly killing innocent people. This is not freedom. This is homicide and willful. Ignorance is no excuse. Okay, blah, so- blah, 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 <laughs> blah. All right, so I'm a little embarrassed, okay? Because this is the Richardson Independent School District. I grew up in Texas around this neighborhood. Oh, oh did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him that. Uh, please don't, please don't ever Thanks, associate Texas. that with this, yeah. with, this, yeah. with this deal. But here's the here's the thing: is, is she's going off about how dangerous children are mm-hmm. with the COVID. They're biological. Weapons yeah. going around, breathing all around. This is, this is homicide. homicide. That's right. Well, and the thing is, this is actually how liberals view their kids. Like they they want abortion, they want to kill their kids. They don't want to raise their kids. They want to have one point two kids. They want to you know they view their kids as inconvenience. Yeah, right. To- but, they're, they're they're weapons of toxicity. That's right. They're they're, wep- they're weapons in in this sense, a, a negative weapon. They're that's, they're a curse. That's right. And and Christians. We absolutely should view our kids as biological weapons. <laughs> God made them in the image of God. Yeah. And he made arrows. our he made them like Psalm 127. Arrows. They're arrows. And they should go out and our kids should be fighting with us against God's enemies in his gates. Yeah. And, and that means but you have to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, and and I think God's waking us up in many respects. I mean, we're living. I think it, one of the hopeful, one of the most hopeful signs of of, of the, everything going on around us is the fact that so many Christians are pulling their kids out of the government schools. So many kids um, are getting homeschooled, going to Christian schools, um, and many yeah. many Christians are beginning to take this seriously. Yeah. Um, but the question is, is whether or not we are going to be, we're going to think consistently covenantally that's about this or not and 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 something else too i just completely disagree with her on what a kid is Mm -hmm. and what they're for Mm. you know i I just she is coming from you know carl truman he got to get his book she has a completely different idea of what a human is Mm. and what they're for and how they're supposed to function in the world she views everybody as a threat and and so for her every human being right is is basically the survival of the fittest and she's fighting for her survival that's right and that's how she's acting so what do i need to do i need to suppress and hinder these other little ones because they might come after my survival that is not how god's world is designed and that's not how people are designed but it but it is true that apart from christ it, like she's like she's got like she sees the threat. Apart from Christ, there's a curse. Yeah. Apart from Christ, we're infected. Right. Yeah. Apart from you know the the, the problem is, is that COVID's nothing compared to the, the sin. Mm-hmm. COVID's nothing compared to the infection of sin. That's right. Um, but in Christ, the the curse is removed. And 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 but the the point is, there's a fair one in the sense of. People made in the image of God have immortal souls. That's right. We've said before they have the most. They are the most potent forces in this world. The, right. the question is: Is are they going to be potent forces for good or for evil? Yeah. And 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 when you when you don't know Christ, when you live in a, when you live in this world of fear 
and terror because she knows fundamentally at some level that she's under the wrath of God. Yeah, yeah that's right. She, she knows that's that it, the virus she really needs that, to be concerned exactly, about. Exactly. Right. If there's exactly. a there's a virus that's a threat, it's the virus of sin that she got from her forefathers right, for, before right, her. Right. You know, and she's right. missing out the whole. And anyway, I just the way that she's thinking about human beings bothers me. Right. Well, when you, when you turn away, I mean, this is it's insanity. I mean, yeah. I, mean, she, I mean, she's thinking she's talking about kids like they're like they're bags of protoplasm. Exactly. Like, like she probably would be totally fine with um, uh, um, them being murdered in their mother's wombs, or or becoming a, a man, becoming a girl. Sure, you know, right? I mean, <laughs> why not cut? Why not cut the parts off? Biological, right. the right. biological, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I think, I mean, what you're ha- what you're seeing though is this this complete. Um, I mean, we can't talk to one another. This goes back to the Carl Truman thing that you're talking yeah, about. Like, yeah. like we 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 have um, when you go down this path rejecting God, um, you go insane. You think you're you think you're wise, but you're actually foolish. Your your heart is dark. You can't see, and then it's it's like trying to talk in in, in a world. You, we got a rare moment of uh, some sanity last week with Jonathan Isaac, the NBA basketball player. Yeah, yeah, S- sounding all like normal and stuff on on national television. It's time, but at the end of the day. Uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. This is, you know, part of the, That's a fair point. No, I think he's hitting right at it. Yeah. But there's also, you know, I was thinking about the other clip, too, where she's talking about public health care. He, what he did was went to say, what I, what my family decides to do with our health care mm. is our business. Right. My mom, my grandparents, our family is making decisions for us concerning right. our own health. Right. But when we've given the government that responsibility to do that, then everybody right. else is. Look, when, I remember we talked about this as it related to um, a, a social health care, um, government health care. Right. Mm. We said, OK, listen, if. I am responsible for overweight people getting health care and they get diabetes or they get sick and they're always showing up at the hospital and we got to treat them because they don't know how not to eat a ding dong. Well, then I'm going to start having some requirements of what their diet is. Yes, right. Right. Right? Like that is. And and so the reality of that is actually coming in here as it relates to the same issue. Right. When we when we publicize publicize. Yeah. Gabe's like, so like, like, yeah. I follow you. I follow you. Governmentize. Socialize. When we socialize medicine in this way, then everybody gets a say on what you do. As yep. if they're your. Yep. We are not, even though we're in covenant, we still have yeah. these sects that are separate from each other, these spheres, these sovereignties, right. that me and my wife actually get to make the decision for my children and what we do. And right. what he's getting at is. Hey, that's that's my business, and we get to decide. Now, if you want to ask me, sure, you can ask me, but you don't get a say in this, right? You don't, you know what I mean? You don't right. get a say in this, and that's actually what love your neighbor means, right? So uh, he doesn't, you know, flesh this out, but like he's basically working in a far more Christian worldview, which is saying that love your neighbor means keeping the commands of God, which is what the Bible says. Love your neighbor means keep the commands of God, which means that a family government is responsible for health. And medical decisions yeah. and education. Well, I just, I I just want to flesh out go. a little more. No. That's only thing that bothers me about this. <laughs> when we hit your button, you just I need, button a, I need a button for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want, I want us to make sure that we're putting love our neighbor in the categories of Christ said this. Right. 
because love our neighbors being used by that same woman the clip before. I know. Get the back. <laughs> I know. Right. Get the back. Right. And, and, th- and this so, goes back to the failure of the church. Mm. We have not insisted that love your neighbor means obedience to Christ. Yeah. And it has the Ten Commandments behind but, it. Just right. want to remind But don't that. don't forget, like you know, the infrastructure bill, the three point five trillion dollar spending bill. You know, this vast. Gabe, it's all infrastructure. It is all infrastructure. What we're really seeing here is a foundational battle over over moral worldviews. Right. That's what we're really seeing. Back in the you know back in the seventies, sixties, thirty you know forties, fifties, everyone kind of had a moral 60s, 30s, a moral compass. They're all over you know all those decades. <laughs> blah blah blah. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. But there was like some sort of agreement yeah. on what morality was. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. And and now. You can't even define what's reasonable anymore. Gabe, right. you're right about that. That's actually how I felt right now. If you had the civil rights movement in today's current era, it wouldn't take. No. No. If you had the civil rights movement, because the civil rights movement had to have an equity somewhere deep inside the people, a moral a equity standard. that was there, a standard that they had been bathed in, that they were disobeying. And if yeah. you took that standard out now, look, look it's worse. Yep. The abortion rate in America, the most innocent people in America are being killed at such a high, 60 million cents, right. 60 years, is it? 50, 60 years? Right. That's ridiculous. We haven't yep. grown moral. We've decayed. Right. And so we don't have any equity in a lot of ways to have some of this conversation, which is why when we're talking about loving your neighbor, that's a moment right there to say we don't understand this because we haven't been born again in Christ. Mm-hmm. Loving your neighbor means something. It has yeah. is a tie to a person. Yeah. Right. And so um, when we have this conversation, we can't they love to use they're using it on the other side. Right. Love your neighbor. Make sure that you are right. being kind to the which, poor amongst but, you. But the implication what's being um, what, what's being uh, smuggled in the back door is. Do whatever they want. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is not love. That's right. That's not love. No. It's do, it's do whatever those who are in power want. want. Exactly. Love that, actually has a standard to it. Yeah. This last week, um, I teach a civics class at Logos, and we read the Declaration of Independence together. The whole, they do that in school still? How much right? dust was on it? I don't know, but I think it might have been illegal. Mm. But um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think having a Christian school is illegal at this make, point. Make it, it made it kind of exciting. But um, we read the whole thing, not just the not just the preamble. Everybody yeah, the, memorizes yeah. the, the preamble. Like but we read the, line. The There's whole, something more than that? The, yeah, the whole oh. thing where they list all the grievances against the King yes. of England, yep. against yes. King George. And one of the striking things that I was trying to underline for, for my students was the fact that so much of it has to do not with what the king was insisting on doing, but with how. And it had to do with jurisdictions. Yeah. And, and what they were appealing to was their original charters. The, they had colonial charters from the king, which are basically covenants, covenant documents from the king that said they could exist under these terms. And that meant specifically that they could set up their own colonial governments. They had their own colonial legislators. They had their own colonial assemblies and judges. And and if the king or the parliament wanted to do business with them, he promised to work through those governments that they established. What the king stopped doing was Uh honoring those governments. That's right. right. And so the question was not merely, can we be taxed? The question was, yes, if you ask our government. Yeah. Right. And the government will deliberate because the government represents the people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're accountable to the people. And it's but it, local government. And exactly. And it's a yeah. direct um, covenantal relationship yeah. between the leaders and the people. What they objected to over and over again was the king setting those governments aside, um, usurping those governments, breaking covenant, breaking contract, um, and then establishing his own officers, his own Constantly breaking and, those covenants. Yes, yeah. and, and, and then the parliament sending tax bills directly to the people saying, you owe us for tea, you owe oh? us for stamps. And they're saying, we have a government and you're not honoring it. Now, the, right. the thing that I want to uh, point here to here is we have the same thing going on. Yeah. Only now it's you know that's it's right. it's this job of the hut that's federal right. government. Um, it's it's way out of um way way beyond what it should be. Way beyond. But what what somebody like Jonathan Isaac and others in sort of these momentary sane moments are saying, you know what? We used to have this thing called family government. Right. <laughs> we used to have this thing <laughs> called church government. Huh. And, and what the First Amendment, for example, actually meant to establish was an independence between these governments that Jesus established. That's right. Congress the, shall make no law. Against the establishment of religion. That's right. right. Um, not because it was saying that the, that the Christian nation wasn't Christian, mm-hmm. uh, that American, the American nation wasn't Christian. No, it was totally Christian. Mm-hmm. But the point was to say church government is a separate government. It's a separate entity. Right. Family government is a separate entity. Right. Um, these are, uh, in the Ninth Amendment, refers to other rights. Yes. That are retained by, by the, the people. people. Not even by the states. Right. By the um, people. By the, by the people. Yep. And these are what are called pre-political rights. And the right to life. Yes. Um, the, and the right to liberty. Those are some of the ones that are listed, but they said there are other ones not actually listed in the Constitution, which are inalienable. Can't be yep. taken away because they're given by God himself. That's like family government, for That's example. Right. And, and what we need is we need a new Declaration of Independence. Really that do. basically yep. says, when it comes to health care and medical decisions, you have absolutely no say in this government that it was established directly by Jesus it's, Christ. It's, it's kind of already there, though, isn't it? I oh, mean, yeah. it's, it's reading inside of our own. Here's, so here's what I've been thinking about, Pastor. <clears throat> Gabe, I, want I, like, guys, I like it when you've been thinking about that. It's, yeah. you know, it's a scary thought, actually. No, um, no, it's great. But here's the deal. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, as a theonomist, I know biblically what our standards are. I know what I'm supposed God, to be doing here. I know God's what, word. I know what God's word is required of us. And I also know government, what, what what we have in our current situation, how our government is set up to function and run, and I know exactly where we are. So I kind of have this weird problem where I know where we need to be at, and there's always a habit to want to say, sever it right here. Yeah. Uh, I, I, since I know that, but I know that if we actually do that, we've created such uh, a dependent system and environment to set up that if we actually sever it, go right to where we're supposed to be at, we've created another problem. Yeah, I mean, a massive problem that can have a implications further than what we think. Right. right. Yeah. So how do you get yeah, when you back have to when you have a, when you have a tumor that's so wound in? To your spinal cord, to your or spinal cord, yeah. or yes, to your brain. You, it, that's exactly right. You, you you could take a knife and cut it, and, and I know and, that tumor's not supposed to be kill, there and kill I, the guy. Exactly, and so it's how got to be disentangled. It's got to be some sort of M- NRA thing that can take care. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might give you another tumor. Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but how do you how do you surgically go about following in repentance? First, that's the first thing we need. I'm not even saying we have that, but just at my level, thinking about this. I'm here. How do I go about seeing all of this stuff, go about repentance so that I can get detangled from the rest of this mess? And, you know, I haven't looking at that. I, I, I want being a smash mouth incrementalist. I, I know that there is a process through this, but where's a where's a great place to start? Um, Passes open up the Bible. So, you know, it's about to get here we real. Go. Um, if anyone else has anything else, I'm going to find it real quick here. Um, but, um I asked the question, Gabe. Gabe's a great place to start. Verse, verse 12. 
Um, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. That's good. Of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The only thing you want to do surgery with is the word of God. Yeah. It is able to cut between the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. The spinal it's, cord and the cancer. Yeah, the division of soul and spirit between joints and marrow. Um, and so I, I would say, Knox, the answer to your question is we need, we need a reformation of Bible reading and Bible obeying. Mm. And, and the thing is, is with re- repentance, most of the time what happens is um, when, when we haven't been obeying God's word, we, when we have this backlog of sins and guilt and shame, it's like when you haven't cleaned out the garage in, in like, you know, three years. And Oof. part of you thinks, let's just burn it down. Uh-huh. And let, let's just, let's, Especially let's, the spiders in there. Let's, burn let's, just, start, let's <laughs> just start over. But here's the thing. The promise is, is if we confess our sins, God it's is faithful, faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. And, and, and Come the, on now. And the thing that um, the, I, always, I always do this, but I always underline that word all. Yeah. If we confess our sins, the ones we know about. Yeah. Like we don't even know about all the sins. We don't even know all the ways in which sin has infected our nervous system, infected our, <laughs> our bodies, infected everything. No. Uh, much less, how do we untangle, you know, Presley and the squad? And how do we untangle all this cancer in our, in our, in our system? Yep. We don't even know. That's right. But our responsibility is to confess the sins we know about. Yep. Confess the sins we know about, and God is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And what, what I've seen in, in, in my ministry as I work with families and marriages and individuals and all these things is what happens is it, the, the person that just humbles himself and says, all right, whatever God says to do, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Start with the clearest thing. Start with the biggest thing. I mean, how, when, you, when you pick up a mess and you clean up a mess, what do you do? You walk in the room and you pick up the thing that's right in front of you. Yeah. Don't, don't look into the corner. Start from the edges and just knock, knock, Don't look at the spiders in the corner. Mm. Just look at the thing right in front of you. Yeah. And what God is faithful and just to do is, is that you pick up that thing and you go put the, the dirty laundry in the laundry and you start the laundry load. And when you, you pick up the, the bat and you go put it in the garage where it goes. Yeah. And you come back and God in his faithfulness, it turns out that a lot of our sins are connected. And, and you don't even know how they're Covenantally, connected. Yeah. But, yeah. but you pull one thing and as you put it away and you put it on the on the cross, you put it on the altar, and the blood of Jesus washes it clean. You come back, and there's less there yeah. than before. Yeah. And Christ cleans it up. Yeah. That's the thing is the, the end of this story is going to be Christ cleaning it all up. Right. It's not going to be, I learned how to repent, and I got really good at repenting. Yeah. Right, right. And so that's why I have such a good family. That's why our community right. is so, No, we're all going to look back, and we're going to say, Christ did it all. We, yeah. we, we had you know th- three little... Pieces of bread and a couple of fish. Yep, that's right. And, and, and it's like it, it'll never work. It'll this will never work. It won't work in my family. It work, won't work in my marriage. It won't work with my kids. It won't work with my business or my, my community. It won't work. And that's because the plan is that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is confessed that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that He did it. Yeah, that's the plan. And here's the, here's the thing: is like if you are not in a church that's preaching this kind of gospel message. You need, that's that's part of the problem. On, you got to get there. Come on, Psalm one forty one says uh, that um, David prayed and asked that his friends would rebuke him, and it'd be like oil running down his his head. Yeah, like King David, right? Praying that that the rebukes yeah. would be like oil running down his head. Well, right. that oil is a blessing. That oil is a healing. That oil is coming from your friends. It's, it's glory. sharp and it's, it's glory. Cut, it's cutting you and it's glory. Right. Right, and then and David, one of the things as you're talking uh, Psalm 19 always pops in my head when you talk about confession of sin because David kind of gives a nice little pattern for us. He says, um, uh, "Confess your secret faults, 
then your presumptuous sins, and then he asks God, keep me from the great sins. Yeah, the great transgressions. So start with the small sins. Start with where it's easy, and start with the secret thoughts that are going on in your head or the, the anger in your heart or, or those sins that are buried. Start there. Move to the presumptuous sins and, and ask God to keep you from the great sins. Uh, great sins come because you did not confess those secret sins. Mm. Yeah, the presumptuous sins. Mm, that's that's right. really good. Yeah. That's right. You let those go, and then you, you end up mm-hmm. in these terrible places. But, but we're, up- we're a guilty nation. Right. That's why we're here. So pick up the thing in front of you. There's blood all around us. And then get let God's word have its way with you. That's right. Let, let mm-hmm. it cut. Because it can cut and it can disentangle all the things that no, no, not one of us is powerful. We can't disentangle it. This $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill is there because blood is on our hands. Right. Don't, don't disconnect right. the sin in our country and this travesty that's going on in front of us. Do you do a show with the pastor and the elder? I do. <laughs> And it's lovely. If you're single, get married. I'm if you're married, <laughs> no, that's right. I'm sorry. You, that's right. You are a deacon, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Let me get that right because everybody gets that so wrong. No, no, no. Do you do a show with a deacon and an elder? <laughs> and a pastor. And a pastor. <laughs> I did it again. I just want to say it. A pastor and a deacon. I said a deacon and an elder. Isn't that same? If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. Why are you mad at me? You're getting it wrong. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. I was getting it right. You guys, you guys need to confess some sins. I would, no, he needs to get it right. We've had a couple I'm arguments right. this week. I'm right. <laughs> I always win. We did not design a cookie-cutter curriculum meant to chop students into appropriately shaped submissives or snowflakes for the secular zeitgeist. We designed our curriculum the way we did because we want our graduates to be equipped to stand courageously against that destructive zeitgeist and to honor their maker and how they, body, mind, and soul, battle to save their communities and the entire Western world from our current diseased insanity. New St. Andrews College is not in the business of rubber stamping graduates for this particular job market or that particular career. We aren't happy unless our graduates are equipped to tackle any constructive cultural task anywhere, from courtrooms to hospitals to job sites to movie sets to the highest risk job and the most important setting of all, the raising and training of the next generation of immortal souls around dining room tables and in pews. The world may have gone mad, but it's not the first time. It has been saved before and by particular people, many of whom shared a very particular type of education. Augustine, Calvin, Jefferson, Churchill, and many lesser-known heroes in times of madness all had one type of education, one type of training, in common. And it's the same kind of rigorous education we currently pursue surrounded by the rolling wheat fields of Idaho. By God's grace, our civilization will be saved or rebuilt from the smoking ruins. The men and women capable of such a task, capable of fearless joy and fiery laughter, all while undertaking such hard cultural labor, those are the kind of graduates we want, the kind we expect. They are why we exist and why we teach what we teach. So you might call it a major in world building or culture shaping or a major in saving civilization. We call it classical Christian liberal arts. New St. Andrews College, saving civilization since 1994.